grab yourself a biscuit. It's the CA3 Cup of Tea series. Hello and welcome to our November episode of the CA3 Cup of Tea series. We've created this podcast for the HR talent community and anyone really who's interested in exploring specific areas of employee engagement and experience. Each month, whilst I'm having my morning cup of tea and possibly even a biscuit, you can listen to me chat with industry experts on all the most challenging topics facing HR and talent professionals today. During this November episode, I wanted to focus on HR technology. With the thousands of technologies out there, it's a minefield for HR and TA directors who are looking for ways to automate processes and enhance people engagement within their organisation. With the speed at which recruitment especially is going at the moment, people are having to react quickly to immediate problems and technology is often being seen as the answer. Today, we're chatting with Matt Alder, producer and host of the hugely successful Recruiting Future podcast and consultant at Metashift about how HR tech is changing talent acquisition. Welcome to the Cup of Tea series, Matt. How are you this morning? Thank you very much for having me. I'm absolutely wonderful, thank you, particularly for a Monday morning. Yes, it's probably not the best day to record a podcast, but <laughs> and it's very, very cold today. It is. Uh, in the UK, and I'm so. in Scotland, so it's even colder. Oh, blimey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I hope you're inside with a nice cup of tea um, and uh, we can have a nice chat. Um, so, yeah, today I'd like to pick your brains really about what's going on in the HR industry today. Um, what, what HR tech trends are you currently seeing? So I'm incredibly lucky because through my podcast, I get to speak to um, at least two talent acquisition practitioners per week about the trends that they're seeing, the technology that they're using. And really, I mean, it's been a very interesting uh, couple of years for HR and recruiting technology. We've seen massive innovation, huge investment and and a big ramp up in adoption that's been caused certainly in part by the, the pandemic and everything that's been going on. But in the last few months, I think we've really seen the the practical implications of that, particularly on the recruiting side. And I've been speaking to a really quite sizable amount of employers who are doing some fantastic things with automating recruitment. So whether that's automating candidate outreach or follow-up or automating the first parts of uh, contact within the recruitment process, it's been really interesting because I think one of the one of the greatest fears around automation has always been that it would damage the candidate experience, that um, it wouldn't be very effective. And, and certainly the companies that I've been talking to have actually used technology and automation to, to really improve their candidate experience, to give their candidates more information, more communication, and ultimately uh, feedback on what's been going on with their application. So really, really interesting time at the moment. So automation in terms of, uh, you know, candidate experience, I'm I'm very interested in that area because obviously we have Eli, our onboarding platform, and that's a big part of what we do. Um, what about things like um, virtual reality and, and, and AI? Is, is that something that you're seeing an increase in or is, is this something that people kind of talk about, but actually no one's kind of quite got right yet? <laughs> it's been a bit of a theoretical debating point, but really what we're seeing now is that the technology is improving all the time. So AI is having an impact on recruiting, on HR. It's helping sort of better decision making and we're really seeing it working. Now, it's probably nowhere near at the level that people perhaps sometimes think it is or think it think it could be. 
but it's definitely making an impact and with it comes some interesting ethical dilemmas about transparency of data and you know how decisions being made so i think that is going to be a massive sort of topic of conversation over the next uh, coming months and years but really ai is starting to make a practical difference in hr and recruiting over a number of years i've you know done done these these workshops and and presentations for companies and research papers looking at the future of recruitment and for at least seven or eight years now, I've always put virtual reality as the next the next big thing. Right. <laughs> um, and w- yeah, exactly, a really long time. We've seen smatterings of it. Uh, you know, I've seen companies use it for things like graduate recruitment at careers fairs and, and all that sort of stuff. And I think it makes perfect sense. Uh, the ability for people to actually... Um, you know, or you know, sort of manifest virtually what their job might be like, or get more information about the employer. You know, it, it makes good sense. Mm-hmm. What I think has held it back so far is is the interface, is the tech, is the technology. So I think in the last few years we've seen, you know, certainly with things like uh, Facebook and Oculus, it, it's becoming slightly more available, but it's a very very long way um, from the mass market at the moment. So I think the last few weeks with Facebook's name change and their you know massive commitment to as they call it the metaverse yes copying you <laughs> you were there first with metashift yeah i know it's quite <laughs> funny actually I, I haven't yet been approached by zuckerberg no. asking me to sell it asking <laughs> asking me to sell him the domain but i think also it's something that's being reflected in what apple's doing what microsoft is doing what amazon are doing so i think we're on this uh, journey with virtual reality again um there's probably more hype than substance at the moment but i'm going to continue to put it on my um i'm going to continue to put it on my reports and my yeah. presentations as, as something to look out for yeah exactly i mean we like like you say, it's kind of been used in the graduate space quite a lot, hasn't it? We've we've been doing virtual tours within eLive um, with with clients like NatWest Group, um, and it kind of touching the sides of of that type of thing, and um, that's where it worked really well because people can really you know imagine what it will be like to to step through the offices, especially at the moment when some people aren't even going to the office at the moment. It's good to show them what it could be like. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm quite excited about what what the next step is and what where it could possibly go. Absolutely. Although I think if the next step is plugging virtuality into Teams meetings, I could be, I could, I could opt out of that. Yeah. <laughs> this, yes, this point. One step too far, um, possibly. You know, I'm already at the stage where I'm turning my camera off, so I don't know if I want to actually step into virtual reality no. um, several times a day. But who, who knows? <laughs> well, I think, I think it's one to watch. I think it's really interesting. There's obviously a huge amount of investment and resource going into it so i think we we need to keep a careful eye on what's going on yeah definitely and what i was interested in when i was thinking about um having our chat today was do you think these these tech trends are coming from a fundamental shift in the way you know we're acquiring talent or do you think the technology is leading the change in the way we we do talent acquisition you know which which way around do you think it is yeah, I think that's a, that's a really interesting question. I mean, there's a few dimensions to it because actually a lot of the demand for uh, talent comes because of digital transformation and companies, uh, you know, companies digitizing so much of what they do and needing different types of talent. And certainly in part, that's fueling um, some of the 
um, skill shortages and, and need for talent at the moment. I think ultimately, though, when it comes to recruiting in HR, technology, it's all about being an enabler. And I think that a lot of the adoption we've seen in the last 18 months, two years, it is around technology that's been, been been with us for a really long time. So video interviewing is a is a classic. Um, we've been talking about video interviewing for almost 10 years, I think. And obviously now companies are forced to adopt it, then you know they're probably not going to go back and it, it, it's slotting into the recruitment process in an interesting way uh, that wins for everyone. But it it's just the technology is there and I think it enables some of the changes that we're seeing. And with the, the automation that I was talking about, that's come about for two reasons. Because, well, that's come about because companies are needing to hire so quickly and don't necessarily have the right resource to do it. And the only way that you can do that is through automation. Um, and again, some of that technology has been around for a while. So I, I think it is the trends in talent acquisition that actually drive the technology adoption. What we do see, though, is very often the technology evolves several years before um, before people actually use it. So, um, you know, it's always interesting to try and work out where where the market's going and what's going to what's going to get adopted and what's going to really change uh, the, the the way that we acquire talent. So obviously we've established that HR technology is progressing quickly, but but there are just so many options out there. Um, whether it's looking for, for an ATS, for example, or as you mentioned, the video interviewing tool, uh, chatbots, um, you know, employee engagement platform. Obviously, it depends on your priorities and, and what you want to achieve. But how how would you advise people on how to choose the right HR tech? Is there a magic formula or process to follow? I wouldn't say there's a magic formula or process, but you have to start with strategy and objectives first so I think a lot of people start with the technology and what's available and all oh, that sounds good and can we use that and and also one of the things that I, I see with continual d- dismay sometimes is if people are thinking they need a new ATS or a new CRM si- CRM system they they'll kind of reach out in in, in networking groups and Facebook groups and yes. things like that and ask people what they use and what's good it, it's not like going to the cinema and asking, <laughs> <laughs> is this film good? Should I use it? You, you know, you really have to get to grips with your, you know, what are your requirements? What objectives are you trying to achieve? What do you want to do with this technology? What does it need to enable um, for you? And I think that, that first and foremost and having that strategy and understanding everything around it is, is, is the, is the first step. Now, as an aside to that, one of the things that I think is a challenge that's something that people need to be really aware of is you have to un- you have to understand the art of the possible. So you have to understand what technology could do for you because it might fundamentally change the way that some of your processes work. So I think that at the start of this, you know, m- most of it is about looking, thinking strategically about what you're trying to achieve. But I think there is also an aspect of understanding the market and understanding what's possible and understanding what other people are doing. Um, and, you know, obviously reaching out to people in networking groups to, to ask those kind of questions is, you know, is great. And obviously there are lots of um, uh, podcasts and, and such such things available where people can learn all about, um, you know, what's going on with the market and what, what are people doing. But, but I think it's really those two things right at the start that um, make for successful, uh, you know, technology ad- yeah. adoption implementation. 
Yeah, and I do think I, mean, I agree with you. It's 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 kind of silly putting out there, you know, who who thinks this is the best CMS or ATS or whatever. But actually, when we've um, most clients we talk to when we're when we're implementing Eli, they they always want to speak to a, a similar sized organisation, maybe even in the same industry, who already uses the system to talk to them about how they've used it. And we found that's been quite a good way of doing it. Obviously, if there is someone <laughs> um, that's a similar size, uh, to see how they've used it and what the problems have been, I guess. Yeah, and I think that's critical. And I think it is just about where you put that in the process. I think if you um, if you put that at the front where you don't really know the kind of questions you're going to ask, so you found someone who uses a piece of software you're interested in, but you don't know you don't know what questions to ask them. You don't know um, what you're trying to achieve. But I think as you go further into the process, that that peer that peer to peer knowledge sharing is you know is critical and actually it's the it's probably the, one of the main reasons i started my podcast to help um bring those bring those stories to, to to people so people could learn from um other people's challenges basically yeah absolutely and is there i mean this probably is just an extension of your answer previously but you know when should you use specialist tech do you think and and when is it actually better to just adapt what what you already have yeah it's an interesting question and i think it's very easy to to generalize around this kind of question but i think we have to reflect on the fact that every employer is different um you know different stakeholders different budgets different corporate objectives different um you know technology that might already be in place i think you have to start from that point of what is it that we're what is it that we are trying to achieve what what is it that we really that we really want um and then i think you need to assess it you need to assess it from there is like do we need to go out to the market and find um a, a specialist tool um can what we have already work or 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 be adapted but i think what we're seeing increasingly is there aren't many tools out there that do everything really really well so I think it's inevitable that whatever you use, whatever suite of software you use, you are going to have to augment that with specialist software at key points. You know, whether that's, I don't know, automated sourcing or obviously onboarding or or something like that. And so, again, I think it's, it's, it's looking at, you know, what's the candidate experience? What's the employee experience? What are we trying to achieve <clears throat> with talent acquisition? What are our challenges? Uh, and really working out where to to do that. And I think one of the things that we've seen in, in recent years, which is great news, is much more integration between um, software products. So I can remember, uh, I don't know, if you go back sort of 10, 15 years, it was literally a nightmare to, to integrate everything. And while I'm not suggesting that it's straightforward, there it's certainly it's certainly a lot easier and uh, a lot more realistic um uh, you know th- th- these days which is which is great so again it, it is it does come back to the same answer which is understanding your strategy but i think i think it's important to say that it is inevitable that if you're doing this if you're doing this properly there will be points within your candidate and employee life cycle where you do need specialist software yeah, absolutely. It's, it's it's almost a matter of mapping that out as part of your strategy to just see where those gaps are and see where you need to dial up or dial down depending on on, on what you're already doing. So yeah, totally agree. Um, and the other thing I was interested in is you know we don't often necessarily think about this up front, but you know how can we actually get people to use the the HR tech once it's in place? Because these often these big organisations implement it and then. Um, you know it's getting people to actually use it which is the challenge 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that has been a, a massive challenge for a number of years and, and something that isn't really talked about uh, enough in terms of um, in terms of adoption. And, and, you know, we've seen it. We've seen it working the other ways. We've seen people who have ATS software that their teams hate so much they're building their own yeah. um, spreadsheets and Google Sheets and, uh, and things like that to get around it. So I think it, it comes back to you know that very very sort of early early phase of all of this which is understanding you know understanding the users and understanding what is going to make this something that people want to something that people want to use uh, i think it's kind of as simple as that and um you know if you know think about the the technology that we use in our everyday lives say so so for example something like zoom during the pandemic everyone is suddenly using zoom and that's simply because it was the easiest to use. Um, you know, really easy to use. You don't it just you know you don't have to download any software. It's just it just kind of goes and the buttons are in the right place and all those sort of things. So, you know, it's a it's a bit of an oversimplification simplification to say, you know, if it's if it if it solves everyone's problems and it's easy to use, they'll all use it. But it certainly goes a long way, um, a long way to achieve that. So, really thinking about the needs of the the needs of the users and what's going to make their life easy and and bring them value. Is, is is a critical part of it definitely um and i suppose just looking to the future um what role do you think technology will play going forwards i mean you know will will ta and hr professionals um you know use tech in a tech in a different way in the future you know is there a technology out there that will be a must-have do you think <clears throat> well i think first and foremost where everyone's going to use more technology in the future and i think that to a certain extent, TA and HR in particular have perhaps been behind the curve in terms of sometimes the rest of their organisations in terms of uh, you know, adopting and using using the sort of the latest technology. There are two things that are really on my radar for the next two years. One of them is automation, which we've already ta- which we've already spoken about, yeah. and I think that's automation through through everything, through recruiting an HR software and getting that right balance between automating things to give everyone a better experience and slotting humans into the right place to make sure, um, you know, to make sure that it's that every, you know, that they're bringing uh, the right value to everything. The the second one, which is not being talked about quite as much, but I think is is critical, and I think this time next year will dominate the conversation is personalization. So offering people um, a personalized experience of recruiting or onboarding or you know personalized employee experience, and using technology to do that at scale, I think is a huge is a huge trend uh, moving forward and something that everyone should be should be should be thinking about. Great, brilliant. Well, I think that's probably about all we have time for Matt but um, thank you for joining us today uh, and giving us some great insights into the world of HR tech and the future trends um, yeah <laughs> my pleasure thank you for thank you for inviting me yeah thanks for taking time out of your um, you know your podcast uh, and giving some useful advice to take into our HR tech buying process um, and for those of you who'd like to hear more please follow CA3 on LinkedIn or subscribe to download more episodes. And you can also find Matt on LinkedIn and subscribe to his Recruiting Future podcast, which is the world's leading podcast on the future of recruiting strategy, innovation and technology. Um, Until next time, goodbye.